The first rule of Fight Club Minute is we do talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club Minute is we do talk about Fight Club. The third rule of Fight Club Minute, someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out, the minute is over. Fourth rule, only one guest to a minute. Fifth rule, one minute at a time, fellas. Sixth rule, no shirt, no shoes. Seventh rule, minutes will go on as long as they have to. And the eighth and final rule, if this is your first time listening to Fight Club Minute, enjoy the show. I am Jack's seventh minute. I start with a doctor telling Jack to chew some valerian roots and get more exercise, and I end with sharing at the Testicular Cancer Support Group. I'm your host, Bubba Wheat, and joining my share circle is someone whose name tag always says Rupert, my co-host, Lance Stanford. How are you doing today? I am doing well, thanks. I'm uh, excited about this minute. I was re-reading the book, catching up on stuff. Uh, there's a lot going on here, and I'm excited that it's not just us talking about it either. Yeah, uh, we have a guest here, and joining us today is our guest, Austin Shin. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it's good to have you on, uh, even though, you know, whenever it, it's it's been a while since we've talked. It's, I think, way back whenever I was doing my FilmWise podcast, I had you on to talk about This is Spinal Tap and the animated Doctor Strange movie. That was a fun double feature. Yeah, that that was a while ago and you know you you know you agreed to come on here but uh, you know you have an interesting history with with fight club as a whole and you know why don't you go ahead and you know share your experience and and your you know your initial thoughts on fight club as a whole all right uh i watched this movie when it came to video in high school so i guess i was a freshman in uh, high school when it hit video so that would have been early 2000 and uh, it bounced off. It bounced off of me pretty hard. And I have had multiple opportunities to go back to this movie over the years. And I find that the older that I get, the more I even harder bounce off of it, just to be perfectly honest. Uh, this movie and American Beauty are inextricably linked in my brain as two movies that are so much about the malaise at the end of the 90s. And while I think this is an infinitely better film than American Beauty, which I consider just abysmal trash um i just can't quite embrace this movie and i think part of it has to do with the fact that this movie is very much about toxic masculinity and that was never really a world i was in i don't relate to it i admire the craft of it i think the acting is phenomenal in the film i'm kind of about where roger ebert was at was with it it's a two and a half out of four for me. but yeah that said ironically we're looking in a section of the film that i actually really think is pretty great so Go figure. Yeah, and I think you know we're we're getting into a, a really interesting section of this movie, and here in you know right at the beginning, but you know before we get into remaining men together, we start out with you know the last half of this conversation with the intern uh, about his insomnia, and the intern tells him to you know just chew some valerian root and uh, get some more exercise. And I think that's one of the areas where I think this movie's satire really does land, because the American medical system is very much like that. Like, there's no way you can make it cartoonishly evil. It's already that bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just recently listening to an episode of uh, a podcast called The Illusionist, 
which typically it's about, you know, uh, word and entomology and things like that. And they had an episode on basically on the word fat. And um, a big section of that was talking about how the medical system tends to treat overweight and obese people and and fat people and how, you know, a lot of times they don't treat fat people because they say, well, lose some weight first and then we'll see. Well, I know. That I fixes know. the problem. <laughs> I know. It's it's funny in the, uh, well, I want to go back to what you, your American beauty analogy there um, because it made me, when you said that, it made me think of like all the way back 1986 when Out of Africa won Best Picture and everybody was like super overrated, shouldn't have done. Um, when it comes to American beauty, like do you kind of feel that same way? Like it was more the the hype machine um i know well, no i just think it's a bad movie i just think it's, <laughs> it's a wretched script i think it's ineptly acted i think sam mendes became a great director he is really letting the cinematography do the work for him mm -hmm. um i just think it's an inept movie i i didn't like it then now i will say part of it is that yeah when you look back at 1999 it was a masterpiece year and so many there are so many better films that could have won but my God, I, I think American Beauty is so bad. I think American Pie was better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to argue that because I, I don't disagree. I actually um, quite like American Pie, actually. So, the, all not not the the when I went like National Lampoon, where they just put American Pie on the name and it was other people. Those weren't as good, but like the main core cast. Yeah, oh, those are great ones. Those are great ones. Those are great ones. Character, the cast was so good, and I just I don't know. Also, the cast was better in that, frankly. <laughs> Any movie that has Natasha Leone as the uh, cynical outsider commenting on things, there you go. You got me. You got me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but back to back to Fight Club, and you're you know talking about how they treat overweight people. Oh, well, just it, it's not that. It's it's not because you actually have something wrong. It's just because you need to lose weight. In the in the book, when he goes to the doctor, uh, he hasn't slept for three weeks, and he and the doctor's like, insomnia is not a real thing. Like it's because of something else. Like treat. Fine. Listen to your body. He says, like, listen to your body, and it's it's that's what it is. It's this is all in your head. So he really, I think even more so in the book than the film, like, kind of talks down to him, like, no, dude, just you you don't know what you're talking about. You're not the doctor. You're not the medical professional here. Like, just do your thing, which I, I think, uh, you know, here we are, 24 years later, um, and it's still, you know, you still see that a lot without getting on a soapbox. But oh yeah. Yeah, and and it's interesting too. Um, you know, I'm I'm not sure how much we will, uh, we have talked about it last week. Whenever we first see the this doctor, I mean, I call him a doctor, but in the credits, he's actually listed as an, an intern. So I I think that is telling because you know he's not even seeing a full doctor. He's uh -huh. just talking to the intern, and you know the they're you know the hospital is just completely brushing him off, not even. You, know, you get the impression that you know they're probably not even letting him see a doctor they're just having him talk to the intern and the intern is giving him the brush off it's it's our version of teledoc now that's that's mm -hmm. what it is yeah it's it's spot on so the, i want to ask you guys like um in, in this clip in this minute when he gives him the alternate like he's like oh you think you have a bad like go look at true suffering i think that's kind of a crappy thing to do like make yourself feel better by watching others suffer mm -hmm. um i i don't 
think that I don't think a real doctor or orderly or intern would would do that. But uh, how do y'all, you know, making like I said, making yourself feel better by watching others suffer. I think that kind of opens a door to what we see later on with like Tyler, the way he does things, you know, torturing people or when the people are on the front porch and he puts them through the ringer and everything like making making yourself again feel better through other suffering how do you what do y'all think about that you're not wrong you're not wrong <laughs> yeah and and i think it's also about it's like um you know the comparative health because it's you know it, it's looking at the you know people as a whole and not the actual person that's in front of you but like just because you know maybe his pain level is at a three and he wants to get his pain level down to a zero just because there's this other group of people that are dealing with a pain level of eight or nine constantly and they're surviving doesn't minimize the fact that this person is at a pain level of a three and wants to get down to a zero. I have to speak up because Kevin Smith just talked about this recently, talking about his own experiences of trauma and he pointed out that he had to unlearn the idea that his trauma was meaningless because it wasn't as bad as other people's. Yeah. It's a very real truth, and uh, I, yeah, it's it's just a disgusting thing to do. Also, the way this guy is just really violating a lot of privacy here with these men, because he's so specific about it. He's like, "Well, go here." It's like, dude, that's kind of gross. Yeah, a lot of times, um, support groups, you know, I think more often with like the women support groups, they don't. They don't list like a an exact time and an exact place on a website. You know, you typically have to contact the um, the person hosting it to get that information because they they don't want to post that information in a public space. Yeah, it's but uh, there is in that scene we get our first blip. Yeah, of Tyler, which is part of that. Spotted actually, that. actually, it's our second one because second you know, yeah, that's right. we had the first yeah. one last week. I've, yeah. I've slept and drink since then, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little peek behind the curtain. We, we're recording these first two weeks, or the second and third weeks out of order, but I did double check, you know, just because, you know, we get a lot of these blips. And, the and copy this of is, a copy is the first yeah, blip. But right. Yeah, we talked, we will talk about that last week. Um, <laughs> very yeah. Doctor Who way of doing things around here. Yeah, the, this it's crazy that we're at minute minute seven of the movie and we're already on our second subliminal Tyler. Yeah, and he pops up like at that point where it's like, "Hey, go see what real suffering is," and which is a very Tyler Durden message, like you know, the only after you lost everything for you to do anything. So, I think there's, I mean, obviously there's so much uh, intention with every choice Fincher makes here, and I think it it works. Yeah, he pops up right before the intern says, that's pain. Yeah, it's really good timing. Yeah, and it's, you know, it, it's kind of, it's a little bit hard to get these, um, you know, screenshots, but I'm, you know, for anybody on social media, I I will be sharing this on, on my Instagram uh, whenever this episode comes out. So, you know, you can see it there. And I, I did want to, I did look up, um, just take a quick moment uh, to talk about valerian roots because that that is actually <laughs> I've been prescribed it. Yeah, it, it is a long history of something that's used as a sedative, and it's it's you know, not very it, useful. It's placebo, pretty much. There is basically there have been um, scientific studies that 
that says that valerian roots can help you fall asleep quicker and sleep longer. Could you get bored showing it? <laughs> but there's also other scientific studies that does not support that and, and says that it's basically does nothing. So, and, and I know like, um, at least over the counter, uh, Valerian is not something that I've ever seen, you know, to, you know, these days, the, the most common, you know, herbal supplement for sleep is melatonin, which yeah. um, also does nothing. So we, uh, yeah, my kid, this is sidetrack, but just a fun little behind the peak. My kid, we had, we've had real bad storms here like the last week. My kid woke up in the middle of the night he's scared and stuff and my, my little one and we're like okay you know talked him down hung out with him for a minute and he's like okay well i'm gonna go back to sleep uh maybe you should give me some melatonin to help me sleep through this storm and I was like, no just just go to sleep like <laughs> just go to sleep mm-hmm. but yeah my seven-year-old knows what melatonin is and it's <laughs> my my nieces take it yeah i i had a couple people and and they had you know two younger kids and they gave them like melatonin like pretty much regularly every single night yeah it's um when we one thing we we did talk about in the first week um about the narrator and his names here we get the planet of the apes homage because they're all Roddy mcdowell names so we get cornelius mm-hmm. from planet of the apes which is like I, I remember i was 14 13 14 when i first watched planet of the apes like i was at my grandparents for the weekend and it was on hbo or something they, they were doing all five of them mm-hmm. and that was like what kicked off my true like I always loved movies, but like watching that quintology, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. So seeing the Cornelius is like, oh hey, ha. my my sister. We used to grow up watching them as a family. So when uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes came out, my sister, I was like, I've got to take my sister to see this because this is the new one. And of course, that kicked off the unreal, brilliant trilogy. That I I just adore that trilogy so much. I cannot wait for Kingdom next year. It's, it's but yeah the and, and I was trying to read too much into it. I was like, well, maybe this like Planet of the Apes have a connection with what he's doing here, you know? Because when when um, Taylor lands, you know, he's the odd person out, and he sees all these other humans suffering, and he tries to like save them. And I was like, I'm just I'm trying too hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I I actually went into a different. Uh, direction because i know whenever i first saw this my first thought was also planet of the apes because yeah you, you know you have roddy mcdowell that's kind of the the most famous cornelius at that time although i think these days it's been overtaken by cornelius fudge from harry potter in the ministry of magic but if you do a google search for you know just the name cornelius the first thing that actually comes but comes up actually goes all the way back to the bible uh, because oh. Cornelius is actually a biblical name. Uh, he was one of the Roman centurions, and he was actually one of the first Gentiles to convert to Christianity. And I think that is mm. actually of possibly purposeful, like more purposeful than the Planet of the Apes connection, because in a way, you know, Jack the narrator is the first convert of this uh, this Tyler Durden as this like preacher almost religious mm-hmm. figure and he is the first convert to the church of fight club that's cool yeah i didn't know that that's yeah. I, i'm just like rodney mcdowell's so that's why i'm <laughs> going that route 
Yeah, and, and you know that, that's that's the fun thing about you know th this format is you know you can take all these little details and you can see them in new directions and and find these these things that you know may or may not have been intended, but I, I think it's interesting to discuss. Uh, and then you know we get this this men's group and and we get this share from Thomas, um, and Thomas is played by. David Andrews and and he is you know a, a typical like working actor you know he, he's got over a hundred credits on IMDB and you know a lot of them are named characters but the, he's not an actor that I recognize so he seems like he is kind of you know the, the stereotypical working actor uh, still working you know today well, in his whole little uh, few lines he has, um, it's almost like his wife is a reverse of Tyler's dad, you know, where she she went somewhere else and set up a new franchise with having kids and stuff. And that's what he wanted. And so it's um, but I, I think he does a great job with the few lines he has of ha delivering a solid performance and everything. But the the way that you know he that that's an instant quote unquote like masculine thing is you want to have kids you want to do that and so just him saying i wanted kids and now she has them with somebody else is a real quick easy efficient if not cliched way to get us like okay this is this is what all these guys are going through and this is what mm -hmm. what's happening it's right to the point you know it, it's this great you know, I mean, not great for Thomas, but, you know, you know, it, it is a short, succinct, to the point story that really tells what Thomas is going through at, at this point in his life. And just the the fact that, um, and one thing that I think is great, and I had never heard it before until I was watching it with headphones, is like, as, you know, as soon as he uh, says the line, you know, with her new husband. In the background, you can hear just uh, someone off screen just whispering, uh, Wow! That's a really cool touch. Yeah, I mean, that's the the bond and the camaraderie here. I think since this is, as we'll see here in a little bit, like this is where the narrator feels at home and he can be himself, you know, with these men who are supporting each other um, I, I think that that's what he and Tyler are trying to recreate is like that, but in a weird, messed up way, you know, because they don't understand it. But, you know, he's like, hey, with these other men who are all supporting each other, I can sleep, I can be myself. And then when we get to Fight Club and later Project Mayhem, you know, he's trying to have the same boys support group. And, well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Yeah, and one thing, one other thing that I I like about the you know the production design detail in this is it, we know that he's at First United Methodist and and it's kind of this like hole in the wall church, and it, I I love the fact that they're like in a school gym, so I I get the feeling that maybe this church is also like a uh, private school as well as a church, and this a lot is, of, a lot of um, churches have gyms. Yeah, a lot of churches um, have gym facilities. Uh, it's shockingly common. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, down here in in the Bible Belt, we all of our churches. <laughs> they have Arkansas here, so yeah, they have gyms, they have coffee shops in them now. Yeah. Like it's they're like little mini malls. Even even the little little ones have yeah all sorts of. But I think it's um, speaking of churches in the book, he goes to first Eucharist instead of uh, you know, and I don't know why they would change that. Maybe just because not a lot of people know like. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just of all the changes to make, like that seemed like kind of a why. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe first United, it it feels more generic to me, mm-hmm. and I I think it also just kind of rolls off the tongue easier. Like it's an easier yeah. thing to say, mm-hmm. uh, at least to get it correctly. Um, but then, yeah, that's uh, the other thing you know that that I really like about. Uh, going back just a little bit about to his name tag and, and Cornelius is the the other thing about that name is it's an obviously fake name because it's it is such an unusual name that really you know like the, the three examples that we gave are pretty much the the only real examples that you're not likely to run into an actual Cornelius in real life. I can think of one famous one, and even he uses a different first name. Cornelius Crane Chase uh, goes by Chevy. So mm. there you go. Yeah. You would think he would want more generic names that don't make him stand out, you know, because if I remember to Cornelius, I would I would remember, you know, like, oh, yeah, I was at the library or the bar or wherever, and I met a Cornelius. I've never met a Cornelius. And it would be, I don't know, that may just be me, but... I would, I would think you'd want like, oh, my name's not John Doe, but Alex, blah blah blah. You know, and we don't see any of the other name tags in this minute, but in in just a later minute this week, we do see one of the other uh, members of the men here is named John, and of course we have Thomas, and and those are very, you know, like Tom, Dick, and Harry. Those are very common male names. And Bob, like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that gets a lot of that, and um, you know that's all the the notes that I have for this minute. Do either of you have anything else uh, for this specific minute? The start of the story, like the last few, you know, we had the intro, I guess, and then kind of we got introduced to the narrator. But I feel like this is really what kicks off the story. Like it's just been introductions and prologue up until here, because once we establish he has insomnia and he's going to support groups. That to me, that this is what kicks off the story. Really, uh, what really gets the movie going? Yeah, and and you know, I'm I was going to bring it up on Friday, but I, I think it is worth worth noting since you brought it up is in in the novel, you know, the the second chapter it doesn't have all the jumping back and forth like with the the workplace and the going to see the the doctor with the insomnia and in the novel it you know chapter two. You know, chapter one is all the flashback or the, you know, the in medias res at the the end of the story and at the top of the skyscraper. And then chapter two is the support group and Bob. Yeah, well, he he, he starts with Bob and he flashes back. He's like, I hadn't slept in three weeks. Um, go to the doctor. But it's like one paragraph. He's at the doctor. And then it actually dies in the cloak. Uh, and like the yeah, whole it's, after the well, it like jumps into to Marla pretty quickly too. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot that it's not drug out necessarily in the movie, but like paced differently and positioned differently, which I, they both work. I mean, 
for me. Yeah. Um, well, Austin, you know, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, why don't you go ahead and, and take a moment to let everybody else know about your other projects and where you can be found online. Um, I'm. Uh, you can find me at theomniplex.org and uh, at flickeringlife.wordpress.com. And those are kind of the two big ones right now. A number of my projects are kind of on a standstill right now. So, <laughs> which happens. Yeah, and I know how that can be. You know, I've I've definitely rotated through various projects. And I, I know I still have my my written blog, but that is, you know, goes several months between re reviews these days. Um, but uh, you know, uh, we here at Fight Club Minutes, uh, we are available on all the the available podcatchers. You can find my social media on Twitter and Instagram, where I'm at Bubba Wheat. And if you would, you know, leave us a rating or a review, we would love to to get that to increase our profile and get some more listeners. And we are still holding that contest. If uh, we get 25 reviews and uh you know you submit a review typically through apple podcasts i, I think is the major one that still al allows podcast reviews uh just send a screenshot of that to fightclubminute at gmail.com and once we hit 25 reviews we will send a uh a copy to a random winner within the uh, the u.s a copy of fight club 2 uh, and uh you know we'd uh love to get to to that milestone this has been fight club minute and this podcast is ending one minute at a time you want to see pain swing by first methodist tuesday nights see the guys with testicular cancer that's pain so funny story. i don't think i said this in the first minutes but uh when i met when i met chuck he would only take a picture with you one of two ways either he had you like in a headlock and was choking you out or like the Mortal Kombat about to fight uh, <laughs> thing, and uh, so I did. I was like, "Well, I'll do the the like you're choking me out and stuff." I almost passed out. He had that thing locked in <laughs> so hard, like it's. Um, I'll see if I can find the picture later, but it, yeah, my face is all red and like my eyes are starting to bulge out. And I'm just like going like this. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I was almost choked out by Chuck Bowman. Jeez.